0: Hello everyone, and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters podcast season two, episode twelve. Tegan, how are you doing today?
1: Doing pretty well. Just bought a new dice set. I'm actually getting to play in person a little bit more, so I've been enjoying it.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. I have been uh, struggling with the uh, the experience of casting resin dice. Uh, I'm working on the. Some of the, you Patreons have probably seen the images on the uh, Dungeon Jedi Master Discord of the. DJM DICE, uh, D20 that I'm working on. So yeah, I've been working uh, on that back and forth myself, trying to get these to cast properly. So it's been been a fun process, but we're getting a few good results. So hopefully, maybe those will be uh, maybe available in the near future for uh, all of our uh, wonderful fans out there.
1: Definitely looking forward to that. It'd be nice to be able to play some games with the actual DJM DICE. So I hope that goes well.
0: Absolutely. So uh, speaking of, big thank you, of course, to all of our followers, subscribers and whatnot. Uh, As always, check out DungeonJediMasters.com for links to this podcast, YouTube, Twitch, all those other uh, outlets where you can get all of our content and including shop www.dungeonjedimasters.com with a link to our uh, online apparel store that's, uh we put up recently. So we've had a few requests for that. So some t-shirts, sweatshirts, and a few other items like drinkware and, and things like that. So check that out if interested. And uh, of course, a big shout out to uh, all of our Patreons that help support hosting of this podcast and creation of our other content. And we have two new Patreons to... Uh, recognized today, uh, Max at Tier 2 and Matthew at Tier 3. So big thank you to both of you uh, for helping support us. Uh, I think last other announcement on our end is, uh, if you haven't caught it yet, uh, Vagrant Freighters Episode 4 has gone live uh, last week. So we, had to, we missed a week, so we're back on with that. And then uh, hopefully uh, in a couple weeks here, uh, well, next week it would be after this podcast uh, will be the next episode uh, goes live as well. So keep an eye out for that. With all that, uh, we come to Star Wars 5e new releases. We have a couple things this week, a new background and a species. I know this is a long awaited species in the Nicto. If you want to uh, tell us about that.
1: Yeah, it's one of my favorites, especially if you're doing a campaign that revolves around the huts, like you got to have some mikdo. So they were able to, I I think uh, Heresy did this one. Yeah, Heresy did write this one. So uh, they did a great job making it. Uh, It just... It's a good species, and it's one of those ones that's a little complicated because there's three different species or subspecies within the main species, uh, but Heresy did a great job setting them up. Uh, so these ones, uh, you've seen them before. They've got the kind of the leathery skin. They've been in a, a lot of different things. If you've seen uh, Return of the Jedi, I think they're in uh, New Hope as well, and a lot of the Clone Wars episodes feature the Huts. You've come across a before, uh, but with these ones, if you're playing them in Star Wars 5e, there's a couple cool things they can do. Uh, so, their main score is going to be Constitution. So, they get a plus two to Constitution. And the nice thing is, they actually let you choose where your plus one is going to go. So, you can put it into any of the other ability scores. You can't double up on Constitution, but anywhere else you'd like to put it into. Uh, they also get the hide feature. Uh, so the, basically it gives them uh, an armor defense. So their AC is going to be 13 plus their dexterity modifier. So it's uh, going to be good if you're going to want to run something without uh, using uh, armor. This is going to allow you to do so without having to take something special. Uh, you also have uh, the protective membrane feature, which is going to give you advantage against being blinded. So it going to be good there, especially if you're going to be going against somebody that has some good flashbangs. You'll be able to resist that a little bit better, hopefully. Uh, you also get radiation resistance, giving you uh, resistance to necrotic damage. So some cool features on that side. Uh, and these are all just from the base species. Um, after that, you actually go into the subclass species or the subspecies for them. Uh, one of the, the subspecies, I'm going to butcher this, so uh, just bear with me, uh, the Esra-Lasa-Nicto or the mountain Clan, uh, Basically they've got a acute hearing as well as one of their features. So if you make a perception check related to hearing you've got to uh, consider to have expertise in the perception skills. So good way to make sure you're going to be hearing anything that's going on. Uh, and then you also have uh, the cold adaption giving you advantage on constitution saving throws made to avoid exhaustion due to extreme cold. So pretty good there too. Especially if you're gonna be playing a Hoth game this may be the, the, the race to go with. Uh, otherwise, you've got uh, one of the other uh, sub-races, which is the Glasa Nikto, uh, which gives you the ability to hold your breath for up to 15 minutes at a time, uh, as well as giving you a 30-foot uh, swimming speed, uh, after, and they're the Pale Clan. Uh, after that, you've got the Karasa Nikto, uh, which gives you claws as a natural weapon, then you do 1d4 unarmed damage. Uh, so good if you're going to be doing like a, a monk or something like that, uh, you get a little bit of a boost to your arm damage to start with. Uh, and you also get the forest dweller feet, which if you're in a, a forest terrain, you don't treat it as difficult terrain. Uh, the uh, last two, you've got the Kajanasa Nikto, uh, or the red, uh, and they've got heat adaption. So you got an uh, advantage on constitution saving throws to avoid uh, exhaustion due to heat. Uh, you also get the survivor, which gives you proficiency in survival skills. Uh, and then you get the, the last species, the machinto Nikto, or the Southern, uh, and they get dark vision. Uh, so some cool stuff. The main species are definitely laid out with some cool stats, but you get some cool subspecies too. If you want to customize it out or get something cool that you really wanted.
0: Absolutely. Lots of uh, great, uh, great stuff there with that. Uh... Species and and you know as we said uh, long awaited and uh, a little uh, interesting one to develop because of those uh, subspecies but uh, they turned out uh, very well so good addition the other uh, new release uh, since our last podcast is the uh, is a new background for clones. Uh, and this, of course, this is gonna be overarching clone. This isn't specifically related to clone troopers that of course, we probably all our mind would go to immediately. But uh, just a, a good background if you know you you want to be a clone, whoever, whatever that is. Um, with that, you will get a choice of uh, two skill proficiencies from either athletics, lore, sleight of hand, or survival. Uh, you'll get tool proficiencies in geneticist implements security kit or slicers kit one language of your choice and then equipment uh, set of clothes appropriate to your duties trinket related to your dna donor and 150 credits Uh, one cool aspect of your of this background is uh, the background of your dna donor often will shape your own path in life and so um, there are 20 Uh, background options here that you can roll from or choose uh, to kind of help you know maybe as it says steer uh, who your person is uh one feature the the main feature of the clone background a life not lived uh, essentially since you're born uh created from the existence of someone else Uh, It's possible that, uh, you know, people you don't know, have never met or whatever, they might recognize you. You might get confused by your DNA donor, uh, maybe befriended or made enemies. So there's a lot of uh, implementations uh, that, uh, you know, might come with that. So it's kind of a cool feature there, especially expand on that. Background feats, uh, eight options here. Uh, Athlete, lore master, quick fingered, survivalist. Crafter, specialist, linguist, or force sensitive—some good options there. And then, of course, the um, personality traits, ideals, bonds, and flaws that are all related to uh, being a clone, being somebody that has, you know, been manufactured. So, uh, good addition there to have uh, additional background there to those lists as well. So that's our uh, Star Wars 5e content that is out, and. Uh, think we can head into our main episode here. So we're going to talk about conditions. Uh, we mentioned this last uh, episode, and uh, just kind of run through those, talk about what each one of those uh, does, what's the mechanics behind it, and also offer a little bit of uh, usage examples, uh, how you can bring that up, maybe whether it's tweaking the environment or you know having enemies uh, utilize them, this and that. Um, pretty good list here and uh you know i think some will definitely come up more than others tegan definitely and um as we talked in i think it was two episodes ago we did um because we originally tagged this on with that what was drawing a blank on what that episode was Uh, uh
1: yeah i'm blanking on what it was uh not saving throws what was it uh
0: uh, like actions and things like that in oh, combat, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And we kind of went through all those different things and, and conditions came up cause sometimes that's involved, such as like grappled and whatnot. that's what it was. But, um, yeah, I mean, it really, there's just so much stuff that, uh, can be utilized here and I think it definitely can add some excitement to the game. So really, you know, let's just jump right into it and, uh, kind of go back and forth on this list, um, and, and, explain now what each of these is so uh first off is the blinded condition and uh blinded creatures cannot see they automatically fail ability checks related to sight and any attack rolls against the creature have advantage and any uh attack rolls that creature makes have disadvantage so this one comes up quite a bit there's a lot of powers that can cause the blinded condition uh there's some other things that could be related to this as well. This kind of leaks into, um, you know, vision, like uh, being fully obscured and things like that. They share, share those things as well. Tegan, anything that, uh, any other ways than powers and whatnot that you would bring in the blinded condition?
1: Uh, deficit powers are a good way. Um, others I I think they do have a website or one on the website. I know I've made it up a couple times for my campaigns. Uh it's like your enemies have some flashbang grenades, so you could throw them out. Uh people they fail by a certain amount, they fail the the check and get blinded and deafened as well. Uh it kind of gives a little bit of an extra to a grenade throw if you don't want to add the uh damage to it as well. Um outside of that, there's definitely if you're Uh, depending on where they are on like what type of planet. I know Star Wars has so many kind of uh, different nature type systems. Uh, It could be like if they're on a planet with either like a crazy sun or uh, a lot of fires or whatever it may be with that planet. You could kind of throw in some checks on that side too to kind of make sure they're doing the proper protection to keep themselves from getting blinded.
0: Yeah. Or, or blowing sand, things like that. You know, it doesn't have to be light based. It could just be something in your eyes. So yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, bring those environmental effects in there. So uh, tell us about the next one up, Tegan, uh, Charmed.
1: Definitely. So the Charm condition, this is one of the ones I feel like uh, a lot of players should read because they think a lot more goes into being Charmed than it does. Uh, but this is one of those ones. It's a fun condition to have. It definitely opens up some good RP uh, solutions, but I think it, people sometimes equate it to mind control, and it's not exactly that. Uh, But basically the Charmed Condition rules is written, uh, a charmed creature can't attack the charmer or the target the charmer with harmful abilities or enhanced effects. So if you are charmed or charm somebody, uh, they can't attack you. So uh, as long as they're charmed, they can't do anything kind of uh, directly hostile to you with a direct attack or uh, kind of a power targeting you. Uh, you also have uh, the Charmer has advantage on uh, any ability check to interact socially with the creature. Uh, so charming somebody can be a great way if you want to kind of butter them up to put them in a good position to either intimidate them, lie to them, uh, try to convince them of something. Uh, this is kind of the perfect way to set that up. Uh, but just remember, it's not mind control, so you're not going to be able to convince Han Solo to give up the Falcon. Uh, but you may be able to convince him to give you a couple credits.
0: Yeah, absolutely. and. I have to mention, uh, this was one of my, you know, first experiences uh, playing Star Wars 5E with you and back years ago, it felt feels like now in person. And um, I was very new to playing the game, so I was new to, to role play and all that, but uh, I think it was the Talanda Till uh, that had charmed my character. And he was giving a big speech to everyone in the room saying, hey, the Jedi are bad. You should attack them. And, and I fell uh fell to that effect. And it was my first experience to say, oh, hey, this is what I think, because I was charmed. And this this is a little bit kind of, I think, to your point, Tegan, is that it's not really mind control, but you know, extending it into that RP aspect. Um and so yeah, then I turned around and, and then we I turned on on the party and, and it was a great moment. It was really cool. So as you said, you definitely I think it's one that you have to push some RP elements into it as well.
1: Definitely, that was a fun moment, and yeah, uh, definitely. If you guys can't check out the Talan Till block, there's some cool ones you can do with that. It's one of my favorite species for Star Wars. Uh, but yeah, it was a fun moment. It's just because one of those cool ways to kind of RP that condition.
0: Absolutely. Uh, so next up is another uh, sensory based. Uh, condition is deafened. So obviously, this is going to be related to hearing. Uh, Any creature that is deafened cannot hear and automatically fails any checks related to hearing. So lots of different uh, ways you could uh, inflict this and utilize this. Um, And we'll get into it later on with invisible. But if you think of like stealth and things like that, um, you know, hearing is, is definitely part of those those things. So Uh, Create some kind of uh, environment that you know takes away sound, and then uh, you know enemies can sneak around easier or things like that. Um, Certainly, something or you know if uh, I I don't think um, Star Wars Five E doesn't use uh, verbal components, right?
1: They don't. Nope. Okay.
0: Yeah, for spells, so that doesn't really come into play, but um, or hearing each other. But I've had a few. uh, a few recent episodes on living force that have basically deafened condition was in there uh they were in an area that they couldn't hear anything and it's really cool to see that uh you know rp between the characters having to do hand signals and things and really just uh play into that
1: there's a lot of fun you can have with it i know deafens one of the harder ones to to get in place at a table especially if the whole group got deafened somehow uh so this could be kind of one to kind of make sure they're doing the rp not using not metagaming too much for lack of a better way to put it so just kind of put them in a different scenario and kind of have them kind of flavor the rp around us so this could be kind of one of those ones that doesn't get used too often but could definitely kind of mix up the table a bit
0: yeah absolutely uh next up tegan so tell us about diseased and this one um you know, it's something that there's not a lot to it, and we're, we're going to uh, provide something uh, for everyone as a freebie uh, to, to expand on this, because I think there's a lot of potential here, but uh, diseased
1: definitely so disease just kind of as it is in the books uh basically a diseased creature suffers effects that vary based on the disease uh but one thing and i think we mentioned this in one of the other episodes is even like traditional dnd 5e uh they don't there's not a lot of diseases made out for it uh the dmg has a, a couple of example ones but there's really not a lot to, to kind of give you a basis for it uh so that is one of the, the giveaways we're going to do is uh kind of make some star wars disease conditions so you can throw at your party and just kind of have them uh kind of a uh, experience something new. have to combat something they can't fight. Uh, so that stuff is something we're going to throw in there. So keep an eye on that. I think it's going to be one of the Patreon freebies. So check it out even if you're not one of the members of the Patreon already. Uh, but just something new to mix it up. Uh, outside of that, there is one disease that's kind of fleshed out pretty well. I think Besh did this, uh, the Rackle Plague. Uh, that's a fun one. I've done one-shots with the Rackle stuff. So if you want one that's already ready to go, check that out. Uh, but otherwise, we'll have some cool resources available for you too.
0: Yep, definitely a a a good one there to expand on, and uh, you know definitely keep in mind how that's going to affect the game. Um, But of course, you know, in ways to introduce that could be various different things. As you mentioned, the plague's a good one. Uh, You come aboard a you know seemingly derelict starship, and there's just something in the atmosphere, uh, kind of like a bio type hazard, and and it gets to you. So good one there. Uh, Exhaustion is next, and this is one that I don't personally use a ton of, and I think it's just uh, you know, the the nature of the pacing of the game that seems like you're always fitting in the long rest. Um, but I think that as I was kind of going through notes here, Tegan, it'd be fun. It'd be a, a fun one to bring up more and, and kind of put the players in situations where they utilize the exhaustion. Um, you know, and really it comes out of environmental hazards or, you know, just uh, if you if you haven't had that long rest and I think it does it say a specific, um, if you haven't had a long rest in X.
1: ah, uh, it doesn't, but there's somewhere else that says it in the book. Uh, it's like 36 hours or something like that. Cause I don't think there's a Star Wars, but I know Xanathar has put something on that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that
0: sounds about right. Something like that. And, and of course, you know, I think you could as a DM kind of flavor that however you want, um, to bring that up. But, uh, you know, there's, so there's six levels of exhaustion here and um, going through those real quick uh level one you have disadvantage on ability checks and that alone that's pretty significant um at level two you have a slowed level which we'll get to later that's basically affects your speed third level of exhaustion disadvantage on attack rolls and saving throws at level four your hit point maximum is cut in half uh that's a massive uh penalty there At level five of exhaustion, you have four slowed levels, again, speed related, we'll get to later. And then if you hit six levels of exhaustion, death, you're done. Uh, So pretty significant. Uh, If you already have exhaustion and suffer another effect causing it, that's how it increases. And, and they're cumulative as well, so if, if you've got level 3 of exhaustion, you've got that uh, disadvantage on attacks, rolls, saves, one slowed level, and disadvantage on ability checks. So definitely massive there. Uh, you can remove exhaustion with all those effects from that level if, uh, if reduced by one, and finishing a long rest is uh, what will reduce a creature's exhaustion by one level, provided that they uh, you know go through that proper long rest.
1: This is, And you mentioned it's a good one. It's one I don't use much myself, but I really should use it more, especially if you're going through kind of like hostile terrain. I got, with I kind of example with the hunting campaign, I wish I'd use this with the mountain piece. I uh, give you guys some disadvantage levels uh, for fail to save saves versus taking damage. Because uh, it's one of those things you could throw on there to show how much their effort they're taking to get up there. Uh, and Just really kind of give like a different spin on something versus just the usual loss of HP.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think environmentally, that's outside of the long rest. You know, like exhaustion, no sleep aspect. I think environmental would be the much easier way to throw it in. If they're in the desert, it's really hot. Like they have to survive, you know, a con save or whatever else. If not, they get exhausted. You know, and that's definitely going to happen. And you know, then they have to figure out. It brings in a new way to manage their their gameplay because if they have exhaustion, they want to get rid of that and. You know, when can they afford that long rest to deal with that? So, uh, definitely a fun one. If you don't use it, see uh, see if there's a way to work it in. I think that's a good one. Next up is Frightened. Tegan, uh, this is a fun one. I, I know you've used it a bit here and there. I know a lot of uh, enemies, I think, uh, have this one, but this is uh, a good one to use
1: this is a fun one. Um, this is a uh, especially a lot of like the big enemies, these will have like frightful presence, or this is even something you can kind of work in, especially if you're doing something dark side related, uh, just even to the environment or different things that you're using. Uh, but rules is written for frightened. Uh creatures are gonna have disadvantage on any ability checks, attack rolls while the source of fear is within line of sight. Line of sight's a good piece on that side. So if there's like a room and they can kind of go around the corner uh, or get out of that line of sight, they can get their kind of full ability back. Uh, but as long as they can see that creature, they're gonna have the disadvantage. Uh, another big piece, especially uh, if you wanna, and this is why a lot of like the big enemies have it because this is a good way to be able to run like one big enemy against the party. Uh, Cause usually action economy may just kind of kill you on this one. Uh, but between the disadvantage and the creature not being able to willingly move closer to the source of its fear, uh, this could be a good way to help your creature or help uh, your big bad stand alone uh, by keeping them at a distance and hopefully at disadvantage. I know for Star Wars, a lot of the characters will have some ranged items, but hopefully with the disadvantage that'll cause them to miss a little bit. Uh, but this can definitely be a good way if you wanted to have one bad guy against the group, give them frightful presence, it helps uh, even the score out, and hopefully uh, throws a couple of the, the more martial characters off the game.
0: Yes, definitely. It's a good, uh, good uh, encounter or combat uh, management tool, for sure, from an enemy side of things. Moving on from there, uh, next up is Grappled. Uh, I think we talked a little bit about this uh, in the other episode with talking about uh, actions and attack options, things like that. So if you have the Grappled condition, you have uh, Force Load levels, which we will get to later. Condition ends if the grappler is incapacitated, and then also it also ends if an effect removes the grappled creature from the effect of the of the grappling. So uh, either you can get out of the grappling yourself, or if uh, you get uh, you know transported out or something like that, that would get you out as well. But uh, definitely a good one here, just to kind of you know with the frightened, you're you're making sure people kind of pushed away. Maybe you want to. Maybe you want to have a, an enemy, uh, you know, close by or something. And so you, you know, grapple them up and make sure that they're nearby and uh, aren't going to be running away.
1: And definitely if you're a player, even if a DM, if you want to go a little harsh, uh, but use some environment stuff with the grapple too. Like if there's a bridge or uh, if you're fighting on Mustafar, this lava grapple somebody up, bring them to the edge and drop them right off. Uh, it's a fun way to have the environment fight with you.
0: Yes, Absolutely. Uh, Incapacitated uh, is next, and that is, uh, you know, as it is, incapacitated creature. They cannot take actions or reactions. Uh, This you'll see, you know, probably the most of the time when you drop to zero hit points, um, but there's a lot of other features uh, that will relate to this as well. just based on based on the situation, so one to watch out for. Uh, more of one that is is a result of other things than necessarily, you know, an environment or anything else causing this. Uh, next, Tegan, tell us about invisible. We touched on this a little bit earlier with the vision thing, but uh, this is definitely a good one as well.
1: Yeah, so uh, invisible is another good one. And this is another one where I think people can get a little mixed up. Uh, just kind of uh, if they're looking at the rules as written version versus kind of how a lot of tables play it. Uh, but rules as written, uh, an invisible creature is impossible to see without the aid of powers or a special sense. Uh, so some powers like this may be uh, blindsight or tremor sense or if you have foresight, uh, things like that maybe to clue you into uh, where the creature is. Uh, but outside of that, for the purpose of hiding, the creature is heavily obscured. Uh, the creature's location can be detected by uh, noise uh, it makes or tracks it leaves. Uh, so this is a good piece, too, especially if you're a player, if you're using your enemy that uh, is taking invisibility, uh, having them have bonus action hide is going to be great. Because uh, if otherwise, they're still going to make that sound. They're still going to be leaving tracks uh, that the, the players can maybe be able to key into and help find them. Uh, But if they do find them, one of the other uh, features for the invisible is that attack rolls against that creature will have disadvantage, and the creature's attack rolls will have advantage. So they're going to be able to hit more often and take less hits. Uh, But uh, just have to keep in mind, if you want the invisible character just to stay completely out of sight, uh, make sure they've got bonus action hide, or if you're a player, take bonus action hide. uh, That will definitely give you a leg up on it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We were kind of going back and forth on this the other day uh, as my players had made themselves invisible and uh, we kind of for a second went back and forth and like you get advantage on your stealth checks and things like that. But I realized later the stealth check is in that instance is for being quiet because as you said, this only makes you, you know, visually uh, not, uh, apparent, but, uh, you know, you could make noise. So, and I think somebody did, uh, it's funny. I think somebody did fail really bad their, uh, check and they, you know, so basically they you couldn't be seen, but they kicked something over, made a lot of racket. And, um, you know, from there, then it was like, okay, what's going on, but just, uh, yeah, something to keep in mind when you're utilizing that condition. Definitely. Moving on from there is uh, Paralyzed. Uh, so This is a pretty significant addition compared to uh, a lot of them. Uh, so Paralyzed Creature is incapacitated, which we mentioned earlier, and they also cannot move or speak. They automatically fail Strength and Dexterity saving throws. That's a big one there. Uh, any attack rules against the Creature have advantage. And lastly, any attack that hits the creature is considered a critical hit if the attacker is within 5 feet of the creature. So if you're within that melee range, 5 feet, uh, and and this creature is paralyzed, it's on mat crit, so that can be very uh, significant there.
1: Yeah, that's huge. And the nice thing too, I had a player do this and I didn't realize they could do it at first, but uh, if you have a ranged weapon, just get within five feet, just shoot them with the blaster right to the face. Uh, you'll have a disadvantage from the closest. If you don't have close quarter shooter, but you'd have advantage from them being prone or being paralyzed. So evens out there. And then if you hit, you get a crit. So uh, definitely ranged weapons still count as long as you're within five feet of the people.
0: Yep, definitely uh, significant there. And that paralysis is going to come from, you know, various things, uh, powers, uh, other things like that. Um, Not really sure there'd be any major environmental effects that could cause that, that you could bring in as a DM, but, uh, you know, you'll see that from the other stuff. Uh, Tell us about Petrified, Tegan. This is a fun one.
1: Yeah, so this is a cool one. Uh, so basically a petrified creature's kind of rules is written is transformed along with any object they're wearing or carrying uh, into a solid inanimate substance, uh, usually stone. Uh, weight goes up by a factor of 10 and it ceases aging. Uh, so petrified, I know a lot of people probably think it's kind of a weird one for Star Wars, but uh, I think you got to kind of look at it from a different angle. Uh, like one of the bounty hunter stat blocks I made that's on Fistos, uh, you get the petrified basically if they use their carbonite blast on you. Uh, so like think like a carbonite's pretty much being petrified. There's a lot of different conditions from other monsters uh, that do the same thing, just kind of petrify them in carbonite. Uh, so definitely kind of a good way to look at it, or kind of use that flavor for it. Uh, outside of that though, uh, the creature is incapacitated. So we've already touched on that. Uh, they can't move or speak. They're unaware of their surroundings. Uh, Attack rolls against the creature have advantage. Uh, The creature also automatically fails any strength or dexterity saving throws. Uh, They're also resistant to all damage. This uh, may not be the best way if you want to continue wailing on somebody to take them down, but otherwise you got to make sure they're locked up and can't do anything. Uh, And then finally, they're also immune to poison and disease. Uh, And then uh, although uh, if the poison is already in their system, it's suspended. Uh, not neutralized. So this could be kind of a cool plot element too. If you're uh, the DM, one of the players, like uh, they get hit by one of those diseases and they're going to die and they players have some way to petrify them or put them in carbonite. Uh, that could definitely be kind of a cool way to keep that PC alive as they're trying to fight for a cure for them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, you know, once they thaw them out, if you will uh, make sure they have that cure, because uh, as it says that uh, poison or disease is still going to be there. So but uh, a, lot, a lot there for that one, but a good one to to bring up. And as you said, uh, that's going to come from a weapon effect likely or a, or a power and things like that, but a good one. Um, next one is poisoned. And along with diseased, uh, there's not a ton of, you know, extra flavor to it or, you know, expansion on it. Um, oftentimes, it's just you have the poisoned effect condition. Uh, rules is written uh, the mechanics is a poison creature has disadvantage on attack rules and ability checks so that's uh, what happens if you have the condition uh, but along with the diseased uh, expansion that we talked about earlier the freebie uh, we're going to probably put some poison uh, things in here as well get some specifics add a little bit extra there like if you get poisoned um, this would be another good one environmentally plants would be obviously a big one uh, that you could do um, or also, uh, you know, someone poisons a drink, things like that, uh, definitely could come up with this condition.
1: For sure. Definitely a fun one, especially if you're going to play like, um, like Volusia or kind of one of those ones with crazy wildlife, uh, to kind of go crazy with.
0: Absolutely. Lots of, uh, poisonous dangers there. Uh, next is, uh, prone. Prone is when you're, you know, laying down essentially on the ground, uh, The mechanics of the condition uh, your only option for movement is to crawl unless you stand up ending the condition and of course uh we know that standing up from prone takes half of your movement speed while prone you have disadvantage on melee attack rolls and uh disadvantage on ranged attack rolls against targets within 30 feet so you uh you know kind of think of it like you're a sniper laying down to get a good shot but if that target is too close you have disadvantage there and then lastly, uh, any attack roll against a prone creature has an advantage if the attacker is within 5 feet of the creature. Otherwise, the attack roll has disadvantage. So, kind of going back to the um, was it the the paralyzed, I think it was? So, if they're pro- paralyzed prone, you know, you're gonna be doing advantage attacks and then there are crits, all that stuff, so definitely one you don't wanna, <laughs> want to want uh, to stack if you're the uh, on the receiving end of that one.
1: This is kind of a cool one, too, especially if you're making like a kind of a sniper build uh, and you know your enemies are going to stay outside of 30 feet of you. This is going to be a great way to avoid some damage uh, and really just be able to lay it on them. So uh, I know I've had a player use it a couple times before and it's just kind of one of those ones you don't think about too often, but if they get the distance just right, it could really come in well.
0: Uh, next up, Tegan is restrained. Tell us about that
1: so restrained uh, if you're restrained uh, your creature is going to have four slowed levels so you're not going to be able to move your speed reduced to zero uh, attack rolls against this creature are going to have advantage uh, and the creature's attack rolls themselves will have disadvantage uh, the creature also has disadvantage on any dexterity saving throws uh, so you'll see this a lot of times with uh, blocks that have like uh, kind of grappling or tentacles or something that they can uh, hit the player with uh, like uh, the Sarlacc I think has it uh, and then the uh, I'm blanking on the name, but the trash compactor monster. Uh, I know I've used that one before, and that has it as well. Uh, so, anytime they hit them, they're, they're restrained. So, you got to keep all those players kind of wrapped up uh, and just kind of, they're stuck by wherever you have them. Uh, they're going to have a disadvantage. You have to kind of choose if they want to break out with their action or just take that disadvantage and kind of uh, take some extra hits as well. So, this is a fun one, especially if you want to kind of have an interesting battlefield to be able to move people around with as well. Uh, this could be a fun way to do it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Environmentally, as you mentioned, some of those creatures you could do like plants, vines, things like that that could that could wrap up uh, a player. Uh, lots of uh, things there you could bring in. Uh, from there is uh, shocked is the next condition. Uh, shock creature cannot take reactions, and on its turn, a shock creature can take either an action or a bonus action, not both. This is a pretty big one, uh, I think the is it's is it slowed is it called slowed in star wars 5e as well the power that causes that essentially isn't the same thing
1: oh yeah so uh plague and then what's it called on the tech side cryo something on the tech side
0: okay yeah slowed is the traditional 5e name that's right yeah yep so i think it essentially causes basically the same thing um but that's massive i mean you can take that away from an enemy uh you know not having the reactions which is big you know opportunity tax whatever else and then only allowing it basically one action on his turn so uh if you have a way to bring that up either side of the table if you're the dm causing this to your players or vice versa definitely a big one that uh you can have some good uh good effects on on the the battlefield uh, Tegan, you mentioned this a little bit in Restrain. We mentioned it a few times in, in other conditions above as well. Slowed. Tell us about Slowed.
1: Definitely. So, Slowed's kind of a new Star Wars 5e specific one. Uh, so, basically, they've kind of went in and just kind of categorized the different effects that may reduce your speed and made them a one through four scale. Uh, so, basically, whenever you get a level of Slowed, kind of consult the scale. Uh, but Basically, the first level, uh, if you've got one level of Slowed, your speed's going to be reduced by 15. Uh, so, uh, whatever, whatever your speed is minus 15 from that, uh, next level it's reduced by 25. So for most creatures, that's going to take up a lot of their free movement speed. They may need to dash or do something extra to be able to move past that, uh, third level 30 feet for most, uh, most creatures, that's their whole speed, unless they've got some monk levels or a speed that's a little, a species that's naturally faster. Uh, usually they're going to have to dash or do something else to be able to get any movement at all. And then the fourth level, uh, your speed's reduced to zero, and you can't bonus from or benefit from any bonus to speed. Uh, so at that point, even if you have dash, even if you have uh, night speed or whatever it may be, your speed's zero. You've got to find a way to get rid of that uh, before you can. Uh, got to move any further.
0: Yeah, definitely a big one there. Uh, Kind of going back real quickly, Exhaustion, uh, that has eventually either one slowed level and then four slowed levels, so that comes into play there. Grappled is another one. Uh, If you're grappled, you have that four slowed levels, so as you said, Tegan, uh, zero speed, and you can't benefit from any bonuses there as well. So, Um, effects that are going to cause that, uh, this is another one just really to control control the enemies, control the players, whatever side you're on, and uh, just manage that uh, battlefield
1: definitely
0: a couple more here uh, to round it out so uh, next up is stunned uh stunned creature is uh, incapacitated which we mentioned earlier they can't move and can speak only falteringly the creature automatically fails strength and dexterity saving throws another big one and attack rolls against this creature have advantage Uh, This one has come up a little bit for me at least, uh, you know, with like stun weapons, uh, specifically weapons that are created to cause this condition. Lots of powers will do that as well. So just another good one to, you know, manage, uh, manage the enemies.
1: Definitely. This is a fun one if you've got a monk, uh, whether it be the DM running an enemy monk or a player playing a monk. Uh, try If you've got a monk and uh, somebody that can cast, try to set up some crazy like uh, dexterity saving throw powers with it because uh, they automatically fail. So if you've got a monk, Try to have them see if they can stun a couple people, drop an explosion on them, uh, and just watch that damage pile up. Uh, in my traditional D and D game, I actually did that to the players. Uh, and it was kind of a little fun twist. So this gives me wanting to have fun on both sides of the screen uh, and just really kind of get some cool strategy going.
0: Absolutely, yeah, definitely a good way to to make use of that. And uh, in general, with any of these, that you can, you know, work with other players, or if you're the DM, kind of work with the the combatants and. Uh, tag team that stuff uh lastly tegan tell us about unconscious
1: definitely so uh unconscious this is typically going to be uh so Basically an unconscious creature is going to have the incapacitated condition. Uh, you can't move, you can't speak, you're completely unaware of your surroundings. Uh, you drop whatever you're holding uh, and you also fall prone. Uh, basically this is usually going to be if you've uh, been reduced to zero points or hit points. Uh, some powers may cause this as well, uh, but that's usually going to be the, the bigger or the most common opportunity where it happens to you. Uh, you also automatically fail any strength or dexterity saving throws. Uh, Attack rolls against you have advantage, and this is another one too, uh, where any attack that hits the creature is a critical hit if the attacker is within five feet of the creature. Uh, So this is uh, one that uh, is be pretty damaging uh, especially if you've got uh, somebody that goes down and they're uh you're the dm and one of your players goes down and they're fighting a creature that may not care that they went down like a, like a wild beast or uh somebody that's just particularly angry at that pc uh this could be another way to ratchet up that attention because any melee attack is going to cause two failed death saves for them uh, if it hits uh so this is definitely one of those ones where you could kind of put the party right at attention gonna kind of pay attention you got to try to figure out a way to save that player if possible
0: yep definitely uh, another another significant condition in the list of all of them so that uh, you know that pretty much wraps up the conditions listed in the rules for Star Wars 5e uh, as we said there's lots of ways to uh, outside of, of powers and whatnot there's environmental aspects that you can introduce as a DM at least. Uh, to, to push these onto your players, uh, think of ways that you can use them. Exhaustion is one that we said, you know, Tegan and I, we, we don't really utilize that, but it'd, it'd be fun to bring in more uh, things like that. Tegan, any other thoughts on your end about using the conditions or anything further?
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Just kind of find ways to work in, especially some of the ones you don't use too often. There's other cool ones you can use and you can kind of work in and just kind of give your players something a little bit different.
0: So as we said, uh, well, one other thing: uh, if you haven't yet, make sure you grab the player rules reference that we did uh, a little bit ago. It does have all these conditions listed on there, so it's a good quick reference. Uh, you know, that, do note that they're a little bit abbreviated in the you know mechanics, the rules of each one, but. I, if you have a good understanding of what it is, I think the reference is good enough to remind you and say, okay, that's what that does. So make sure you check that out. That's available for free on our Patreon. And then also going along with this episode, as we mentioned, we're going to be putting out that uh, expanded kind of flavor disease and poisoned um, sheet, table, whatever. And uh, just, just to give you guys a little bit more uh, to expand those two conditions. Cause I think there's a lot of fun there that you can have with that. With that uh, I think that wraps up for today's episode. Uh, looking ahead to next uh, next episode we're gonna look at uh, the fighting styles and masteries. There is uh, a good chunk of those out there that uh, we, we talked a little bit on this with the uh, the fighter the other week. Uh, fighter class they definitely take advantage of these but uh, every I believe Tegan is every class uh, able to take a fighting style.
1: Uh, so by feet every class is I think every martial class has the option so monks, guardians, scouts all get that option to to be able to take one or berserkers too Uh, but uh, the fighter is the only one that gets one for sure for free Uh, and I think scholars counselors and the rest have to take a feat for it Uh, but yeah this is one of my I'm looking forward to that next episode one of my favorite changes to traditional 5e where traditional 5e you just get like a stat bonus or uh, maybe some slightly different action you can take Uh, Star Wars 5A really flushes it out makes the fighting styles feel unique Uh, it can really be a good way to flavor and just really kind of make a unique PC with mixing and matching them
0: yeah definitely lots of stuff there so that'll be I'm sure uh, a full episode uh, next time that will be uh, the beginning of July on the 6th uh, so it'll be a little more than two weeks away just because of the uh, extra week in June so uh, keep an eye out for that and uh, we will also have uh, our our monthly Patreon encounter to go along with those fighting styles, uh, which would be good as well. So as always, thank you to all of our listeners, followers, subscribers, Patreons, of course. Uh, We Thank you very much for your support. And uh, let us know how you're using conditions in your own game. We'd love to hear about that. We will see you next time. May the force be with you.
1: May the force be with you.